Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is a solutions-oriented podcast and live radio show. Each broadcast, we dedicate just about 30 minutes to explore topics of interest for leaders and professionals in education and a variety of other disciplines. And this is your host, Brian Perkins. Thank you so much for joining us again today. We have uh, a, a thinker and writer and, and developer um, extraordinaire of sorts uh, with us today. And um, I'm excited. Um, this is actually just the second conversation I've had with today's guest. And um, I'm, I'm delighted to uh, got to have an opportunity to know him and, and read more about the work he is doing. And so I'm pleased to introduce uh, to those of you who are, are listening in uh, to Klaus Heesch, um, who is a, uh, a writer, um, but is doing uh, some work in, in organizations to help them understand uh, the nature of an uncertain future. And so today, uh, with everything that is going on in the world, uh, particularly leaders in education, but really across a span of, of industries and disciplines, leaders are finding themselves trying to understand uh, what's around the corner. And while this is not uh, intended to be something that uh, gives a set of instructions around first do A, B, and C. It's really a mindset shift, and that's why I'm excited to have Klaus, who is an uh, experienced design leader. So um, I, I would like to uh, just start, uh, again, welcome, Klaus, and um, I'd love to uh, have you tell us a little bit about um, what you're doing currently, a little bit about your past, um, how you landed where you are today. I do want to share, though, with you and others that may be listening, um, how I was uh, just so struck by an article. I have a I have a uh, a subscription to a magazine, and I and ever since this magazine came out, I've I've been absolutely thrilled every time it comes in. But the magazine is Fast Company, and um, and so. I, I read this article that you wrote, um, and particularly since I'm in the business, so to speak, of leadership training and development, um, that your article read, the future of leadership depends on these four strategies. So it, caught, it caught my attention right away. Um, but before we start talking about some of the advice you might have for leaders, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background what you're doing right now, and and tell us a little bit about um, what it what it really means to be an experienced design leader. Thank you so much, Dr. Perkins. Um, and I I know you've insisted that I call you Brian, and I'm I'm sure I'm sure I'll do that uh, <laughs> sure. as we go forward. Um, yeah, from my humble beginnings in in Georgia, we um we we grew up. Uh, always uh, referring to every everyone as um, uh, Mr. and Mrs. and uh, <laughs> Sir and Ma'am. Sure. So I'll, I'll try to drop the formalities as we go. Um, sure. Yeah, I'm I'm from Central. I've been I spent my formative years in Central Florida. 
um, got my design education at University of Central Florida in Orlando and spent the bulk of my career there. Um, I, I led, I worked with some amazing designers at um, small design firms and agencies, and I ran my own design firm for 13 years. Um, that small design firm was called Juicy Temples, and we serviced clients in the arts and entertainment industry for the most part. And yeah, I, I feel like the, the whole idea of leadership is something that I kind of stepped into out of necessity um, in wanting to run my own business and not wanting to work alone. Um, I, I was driven by a desire to collaborate early on and, and, and kind, of, uh, kind of disappointed in some of the bureaucracy and, and the processes that existed at larger agencies. So I was motivated just to collaborate. And um, I think somewhat instinctively early on, I figured out that how important it was to cultivate the individual's health and well-being. So I, I started off in, in business of design, focusing not necessarily on a particular practice um, or area of focus in design. Uh, I was a graphic designer. Let's be clear. I, I made things look pretty. Um, but I, I, I worked early on to empower the designers that worked with me to, to make decisions for themselves, to um, understand the importance of the customer relationship and to mm -hmm. get to know the customer. Um, so, and early on, back in the early 2000s, um, made the shift from simply graphic design and design of artifacts, posters and brochures and things like that to uh, design of interactive pieces. So back then we, we did interactive CD-ROMs and, um, yeah. and, and websites, uh, microsites and things like that. Um, but, but like I said, the, the idea of leadership wasn't something I didn't set out to have a career as a leader. Um, I became a leader out of necessity. Um, mm -hmm. And I, and I ran, I ran the studio as if uh, we always referred to it. And even, even when some of my former designers look back and reflect on it, um, we talk about it as a family style atmosphere where we, we cared for one another. We looked out for one another. We, went on trips together, we traveled and explored together. And, and those kind of, those kind of uh, explorations and journeys and shared experiences, I think it kind of worked to the benefit of, of everyone. Um, so mm -hmm. some really young, young talented designers, uh, I feel were empowered through that in ways that other designers or other, other employees who, who might not have access to the customer or who, who might not have access to what the business owner is thinking and processing might not sure. have, um, have grown. So sure. that, and, and from that came I have a habit of sharing openly. Some, sometimes um, you know, they, 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 they say as, as leaders, we need to be vulnerable. 
Um, mm-hmm. I di- of course, I didn't have that language back then, but mm-hmm. I was openly, openly sharing the struggles that I was having in terms of running a business or coordinating the, the uh, you know, finding new customers. And, and, and I was having discussions out loud with my young designers in a way that gave them insight into how businesses run and, and what are mm-hmm. the implications? What's the mm-hmm. difference between being a people manager and an individual contributor, for example? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and it, you know, it's been a fascinating and wonderful journey. I ended up in 2008 when the economy tanked. Um, I had an opportunity to come to New York and partner at an, uh, at an interactive design firm. I did that for a short while, but it was, it was honestly, it was culture shock for, for mm-hmm. myself and for my family um, yeah. to move from Orlando, which was a, is a wonderful, just create, creative hub there in central Florida, um, to move to New York, this big city with a you know, fast pace and everything. Um, but I got a taste of it, and we ended up moving back to Florida for a few more years, and I just I couldn't I couldn't get away. I, I had to come back, and had um, had the good fortune then to come back to New York and work at an advertising agency called The Gate Worldwide. Um, I worked there for five years, um, and that I, I led a, a the digital digital work of the agency, mm-hmm. and. That was a uh, that was a wonderful opportunity, um, and then from there I I went to Capital One and I um, I led a wonderful team of thirteen designers in in the consumer bank um, uh, sector of the business and partnered with I, we led one of the I co-led one of the largest lanes and consumer bank. We had 13 designers, 27 product managers, and, and 135 engineers. Um, and that's, that's when I realized that, that, you know, my ability to lead had to scale. I, I had to really hone those skills and move away from the craft of designing things. Like I, I, I still design, I love designing, but it's, the craft of design is it's best um, it's best done by the by other designers so that I can more effectively lead and and help empower them to do their best work. Sure, but you know, I, you know, th- and thank you for sharing um, the journey, so to speak, about how you uh, ended up where you are today. Because I think a lot of the the experience you had particularly in design, and I know a lot of times when people hear design, because I was one of them, and I've talked to people since um, about what we mean when, when, in some cases, when we talk about design work. And so in some cases, um, it happens to be around, you know, lines and circles and curves, right? You know, how <laughs> something look and appear. But other times, design, particularly uh, the area, another area that I know you've worked in, uh, human-centered design, um, has a lot yes, also sir. to do with the way things uh, appear and the way people experience something. 
So it could yes, be the experience at the bank, um, the actual experience at um, at a um, uh, at a school or other places. In fact, we we spend a lot of time with our students now uh, talking about in in other places, you know, across a variety of different subjects, talking about human-centered design. Um, our students yes, at the university, uh, you know, the, these are individuals that are going to uh, be school principals, in some cases school leaders uh, and district leaders. But what's so great about that is kind of the novel idea of thinking about who you, who's actually using the school um, it, as, yes. as a starting point to say, here's what we want them to experience there. Like, wow, what a, you know, what a novel idea. But, um, but what, as I said, what really attracted me to and where I wanted to have a conversation uh, even mm-hmm. deeper um, with you about was, you know, what you put out there is your, your strategies, um, you yes. know, with it, particularly with COVID and, and any number of other um, unknown uh, circumstances that may come up after this, but I think has been an age-old dilemma is how to navigate unknown water and territories. And and so you had some really down-to-earth suggestions about how one does that. And I I had – there was one that I really – um, I thought uh, was particularly interesting because I probably, as so many other leaders have, have suffered from um, not following one piece of advice you had was about knowing that presence is a gift. And, mm-hmm. and, and so a lot of times now what I do is when I'm starting meetings sometimes, and I don't always remember to do this, but I also explain to people if I'm doing a retreat or otherwise, you being completely present will will factor into our success here today. And, yes, and so take a moment to give yourself permission to be present. Whatever it was you brought, leave it. Um, and so thank you for that in terms of your articulation of that is that uh, regarding presence as a gift. You want to say a little more about that? Yes, I would love to. <laughs> it's um, it, it's it's powerful. I I think that so this the the truth of the matter is, and science shows that we humans are awful at multitasking. And while I think in the, in the past, I think that productivity and 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 the the pace of commerce and innovation demanded that people be better at multitasking that the truth is it's just not in our makeup we're not good at it mm-hmm. um, and and it, when you think about the ecosystem that it whether it's whether it's the the education system or or whether it's you know doing you know working with investors um, in, in in big business if if the people that come together to do something are all only half there, there's the outcomes are going to be diminished. There's going to be fewer connections made. There's, and I'm talking real connections because everybody's half in it. And 
you know, this idea that presence is a gift comes from kind of that Eastern philosophy or the Buddhist philosophy um, of mindfulness and self-awareness mm-hmm. and con- considering the impact that you have on the people around you um, I, I, and the systems that are around you. And if you're only half there, if you're, you know, if if you go into a meeting and you're you're checking your email, there's you're going you're not going to be respected in the same way that you would if if you look look the speaker in the eye. Um, you know, a really powerful example of this is that I had uh, I had a design leader who once thanked me for being in in her meeting. She said that when she felt like she wasn't connecting with the audience or maybe she felt like she was, um, you know, not driving the point home. She mm-hmm. said that looking at me and realizing that I was, not, I was making constant eye contact with her was empowering for her. Mm-hmm. It, it helped, it helped make, it helped make her feel, um, you know, a little bit more confident and, and proud in what yeah. she was doing, like as if someone is paying attention. Right. It, it's, it's such a simple thing, Brian. And, sure, sure. And, it, and the reason why I say it's a gift is because it's a gift for, it's a gift for the person who's on the receiving end. So y- you listening attentively to me is a gift to me. I, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. And and my expression of appreciation is the gift that comes back to you. Mm-hmm. So that you know that kind of um that concept of of presence is a gift. It's it's a gift that you give but you also receive it. Mm-hmm. My um one of my coaches is a positive psychologist Robert Mack and he wrote a book Happiness from the Inside Out. And one of the things that that Robert taught me is that is that concept that and and science proves this too that people who are present and attentive are seen as smarter. Mm. You're seen as more trustworthy, and those things matter in the ecosystem. You sure. want to encourage you want to encourage and foster those relationships. That, sure. that are um, respectful and trustworthy. And so, yes, paying attention, that presence is, is, is a gift. And, you know, the, the final thing I'll say about it is um, I, I included in that article that one minute of presence building at the start of a meeting can be incredibly helpful. And, oh, absolutely. And, oh, my gosh. And, you know, how many times have we – especially in this era of, of Zoom meetings, you know, there's an awkward few minutes while you're waiting for other people to show up. And, mm. and, and it's difficult because if not, everybody's not there four minutes in, you, you might have to repeat things or you might not right. feel comfortable even starting. And so you end up wasting, okay, now they joined. Now you've wasted five, six, seven, eight minutes. And during those eight minutes, the people who are arriving are scrambling because they, they've, got the, they've got the messages and the conversations from the last meeting still in their head. Maybe they, right. they, haven't, even, they haven't flipped their notebook to that new clean page yet. And so yeah. 
one of the things that I did with the leadership team at Capital One was we would literally take one minute. Everyone would close their laptops and we would just sit there silently. You don't have to, you don't have to meditate. It's not some, you know, kumbaya, beads and bells kind of thing. Let's just, let's just be quiet and give the mind and the body a moment to settle and get ready to do that important or have that important discussion that's coming up. So that's really powerful. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I, I'll share a strategy uh, that I think has helped, um, particularly in a Zoom world. But I'll, I'll start with the Zoom world. Um, and I think mm-hmm. it, it touches upon uh, presence is that, you know, and I think we've all either been the person or know the persons that um, spend time in Zoom meetings, but their cameras are off for whatever reason. And, um, and they, um, you know, we, we all, we always ask people to mute, but you're kind of like the double whammy of the mute and the, the no video makes it really Mm -hmm. difficult. You know, it's not something you can do when you're in what we used to be able to do when we were in a, in a meeting, you couldn't kind of go blank. And so before a meeting, particularly one that is, is important, I, I usually send out an email just asking people, um, you know, if they are going to be present, please be prepared to be, um, to be present visibly on the screen uh, because it means so much. And, and the other thing is that, you know, if you, if you don't want your background to be seen, there are, you know, Zoom has been so great to offer options to put backgrounds in, but also they can, you can just blur your background. Um, but, right. but but being present is so important, um, and so I I just couldn't say enough about how you know just in terms of leaders making sure that people are present in a number of factors makes it makes a huge difference about the the real kind of culture and climate of the organization um, uh, was really really important. The other thing that I took from what you said that I thought uh, I'd love to hear you say more about is your point about ease up on vision and focus on cultivating perspective. Um, and I thought ease up on vision. But, you know, I, I, I'm one of those people that when I teach uh, introduction to leadership where there is no vision, the people shall perish, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, yes, I, yeah. that. And so I, it took me a minute to really understand, um, you know, what you meant by ease up on vision and then uh, cultivate instead, co- uh, cultivate perspective. Yes, I'd love to hear you expand on that too. Yes, sir. Yeah. Vision is important. I, I, I'm a strong believer in a, a shared vision. I, that was one of the, the most beautiful things at Capital One. There's a, there's a mission that everyone, that everyone bought into. I, I think a lot, of, a lot of companies, the mission and purpose-driven companies, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a vision and you shouldn't have a mission. Um, that, that collective idea of where we're headed is really important, and and so I did. I I don't mean to diminish that one bit. Mm-hmm. What um what I was saying in the article, 
is that you you can't focus on the only on the vision to the detriment of the individual perspectives Be, because if i'm a leader and if i were to to answer every problem with well that doesn't fit that doesn't fit our vision right, right. so you know i'm i'm going to just destructively shut everyone up that's not talking about our vision then I'm missing out on the opportunity to benefit as a leader and as a business. We're missing out on the opportunity to benefit from that other alternative perspective. Mm-hmm. And there's, and you know this. I, I think that the um, the collegial approach to problem solving is to challenge assumptions and to ask critical questions. Absolutely. And if, if you're if you're too hyper focused on a vision, you're going to get tunnel vision. And you're not mm-hmm. going to be able to. You're not going to be able to benefit from from those alternative perspectives. Right. So, right. yeah, I, I think that's that works from from the leadership perspective, but I, and I also think that it's it's empowering and it's important that in that employees and team members' voices are heard. Um, you know, I I speak to that openness that fosters inclusion, and that's that's one of those things like. Asking someone what they think that's that's valuable that that you you cannot you cannot be an effective leader unless you're doing that and so yeah I, I feel like um, everybody everybody deserves to have their voice heard and and I think that's that so yeah vision is important but making sure that you're as a leader you're you're collecting different perspectives and, and thinking about things from different angles um that's why the, that's why diversity and inclusion is so important that that's why we need that we need a di- we need diverse perspectives absolutely absolutely wow thanks so much for that i know we we um had hoped we'd be able to take some calls and we're we're already almost at the end here of our time together, there were two other areas that um, that you you mentioned um, for for leaders to be aware of um, in 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 navigating an uncertain uh, future. And those two were being prepared for constant change and understanding that the path to success is not a straight line. And yes, sir. Um, you know, and I know a lot of us have heard. Um, both of these, and there's a reason I started with the other two, probably a little uh, lesser known, um, but these, you know, kind of be, be prepared for change, embrace change, um, but also understanding the past success is not a straight line. Um, and that's one that I think the more leaders um, are willing to embrace, the better off they'll be. Um, and it doesn't matter what your kind of organizational goals are that um, it's there there often starts and stops and detours um, that happen um, and <laughs> and a lot of times we we do think about things in a straight line it's like you're successful when it is exactly the way you planned it out um, yes, and, and I've at least from my experience in my career is that I've also found that there are some unexpected benefits to being thrown off course sometimes, right? Like some, yes. some places that you discover are were accidental and they they were absolutely life changing and 
and, and from an organizational perspective, they're changing as well. Um, but I'll, I'll stop because I do want to hear in these last few minutes a little bit about um, wh what led you there, too, about kind of the big aha for you around, um, you know, success being sometimes nonlinear. Yes, sir. I, I'm fascinated by ecosystems, and I, I think it's I think it's really important for yes for designers, but but actually for everyone, um, whether you're thinking about your career or whether you're thinking about your community, thinking about how everything is connected, and thinking about how you have a you have the opportunity to impact positively or negatively those those connection points that you have in the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I think a, a lot of times in business, there's this hierarchical view that the, the big ideas come from the top and then it's going to trickle down and the people at the <laughs> bottom, you know, they're the foot soldiers that do all the work. And, right. and honestly, pardon my French, but that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Because in, mm -hmm. a, in a thriving ecosystem, Every part of that ecosystem matters and has it has the ability to to make a positive contribution. It's it's necessary it, 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 in business. It's vital, um, and so the um, <laughs> that's that's where that idea was born from. Um, and the 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 idea that path to success is not a straight line also incorporates the idea of failure, like encouraging. Failure, because as you said, it's not like you're going to set a goal and you're just going to zip your way straight to it. You, the the process for getting to the end result, the end result might not look like what you thought it was going to be when you started. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you know, th there are going to be external factors that that uh, impact it. It could be COVID, <laughs> you know, a pandemic. Yeah. It could be political upheaval or whatever. Absolutely. But you you have to build a culture that's adaptive and and you have to empower those around you to be able to to um swim in ambiguity and and to be able to um to experiment and explore and in in the, in that way good ideas mm -hmm. can come from anywhere good ideas can come from failures some of the mm -hmm. most successful business people are are great at failing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you know, so th those are some of the concepts that are baked into that. And yeah, certainly a lot more than we can cover here in, in such a short time and, and yeah. more than I could cover in that article. But I, I yeah. love, love, love talking about ecosystems and, and, and those kind of like ripple effects and the, the connectivity between different parts of the system. Yeah, and, and when I say when I say those parts, I'm I'm really largely talking about people, but it's also uh, the technology that that we're engaging with and the the things that we make and use and consume. It's all part of this this um the the true ecosystem of, of that is life. Awesome, excellent. Thank you, thank you so much for um, for your insight here, and I'm sure. For me, I learned a lot from you, and again, for those of you who may be interested, um, again, it was an article in Fast Company. Um, uh, Klaus, do you have any um, websites or, or ways, uh, handles on Twitter you'd like to share with the audience? Anybody would like to, uh, to follow you? Um, the article that I read was 
The future of leadership depends on these four strategies. But uh, there, as I know, there are a lot of other things that you've written and done that you may have in other other places that people could benefit from. You care to share any of those? Um, yes, sir. Anyone that's interested can find, you can just search my name, Klaus Heesch. That's K-L-A-U-S-H-E-E-S-C-H. Um, it's Klaus Heesch on Twitter. It's Klaus Heesch on Instagram and Klaus Heesch on LinkedIn. Um, right now, I'm, I'm really loving um, making new connections on LinkedIn, and, and that's where I'm posting some of my leadership thinking or references and articles that I'm finding and collaborating with, um, with, uh, with friends and colleagues. So, yeah, I think start at, start at LinkedIn. Find me there. And, um, and, and, and Dr. Perkins, I, I can't say thank you enough that you reached out um, and, and I'm after reading your bio and getting to know uh, about you, I can't wait to learn more about you um, and Love the work you. that you're doing. So um, I hope this is just the beginning of something really good, and, and I really Absolutely. appreciate you immensely. Well, the pleasure is all mine meeting you, and I'm sure you're in New York City. We will have an opportunity. Uh, we'll make sure that our paths cross uh, again in the very near future. So Thank you so much for listening and reading um, your work. Um, please continue uh, such the good, the good work that you're putting out there um, for, for leaders and other members of the listening audience. And so uh, we'll connect again soon. But until then, go well, stay well. Thank you again for joining. Thank you, sir.